Hello and welcome back to the Down to the Wire podcast. We are back again, updating you with the latest and... Well, do you know what? I can't actually say that because this is like a pre-season F1 preview, isn't it? It is still the latest and the greatest news about the F1. But yes, I know what you mean. It's not all sports this week. It is just the F1. Well, and it's not... We're kind of like looking back Mm. a little bit and also forward because it's race week, people. Man, it's like back to the future. Beautiful. <laughs> there we are. That, that, what an introduction that is. Mm. How are you doing, Jack? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty decent. United lost, so I wasn't too happy about that. But at the same time, I wasn't too bothered because it was the FA Cup. My fantasy team was a good week because I had Leonardo or Leandro Trossard as my captain. And he mm-hmm. did awesome stuff. Um, so I, don't, I had a great fantasy week. Wales lost. That was on a disappointing note. But... We don't know how it's going to go. I mean, France are going to beat Ireland. No, not Ireland. Um, Scotland by twenty points or more than twenty to win it. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm quite confident about that. So if anything, it should be a bad week, but it hasn't been. So yeah. Well, it's not a bad week because we've got uh, got Formula One coming up. That is true. Uh, I've been watching the I'm Drive to Survive as well, which I've been enjoying. I I've only went watched one episode so far. I'm trying to stagger it a little bit because I don't want to like binge it and then be like oh what happened no see i binged um, it in preparation for the formula one i'm buzzing no. all 10 episodes <laughs> right inside of me <laughs> fair enough can't argue with that um yeah so tonight we're going to do we're basically just going to do an f1 season preview we're going to take a look at some of the tracks go through all other teams look at their chances perhaps refer to what's happened in testing because i don't think we've actually spoken about testing have we we have not on the podcast we have not we haven't so we'll kind of intermingle it all together um, yeah, and we'll just have a good old F1 chinwag. Sounds good. Um, ready before, ready before, ready for the new season. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Are we are we ready to crack on? I'm ready to. Yeah. Do you want to kick us off with the first topic of conversation? Yeah. Well, the first thing I thought, let's break down the season. It's got 23 races. It's got some old, some new. Um. Mm. It, I think it's the. Am I right in saying this is the longest Formula One season they're ever going to have? Yeah, well, definitely one of the longest. I mean, I guess we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens with COVID because I feel like. But they've cancelled the when... Chinese one already, haven't they? I don't know if that's been replaced. Oh, have they? But the, the Chinese Grand Prix is cancelled. Maybe for a later date, but. Well, the thing is as well is I feel like. Good, slightly off from Sports Sack. And when they did the, the the season last year, the whole world was kind of at a fairly similar place in the mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you look at where countries are now, as in like the UK seems to be obviously relative to pandemic levels, like the the UK seems to be doing okay. Whereas like mainland Europe seems to be uh, having another wave. So I guess we'll see what happens in terms of the Formula One season. Um, yeah. But I, 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 mean, I reckon it should all go off about a hitch. Well, I mean, I guess the thing is, at least now, like, it's interesting because, you know, you said you watched The Drive to Survive and, um, like, it's crazy how quickly it all kind of crept up, isn't it? You know, like, I don't know if anyone's seen... uh, No, I won't say, just in case people haven't watched it and they're planning to and, you know, it's not been out particularly long. But, yeah, it's... um, Well, we can refer to it. Surprising. Sorry? I reckon we can refer to it. It's been a few days. (laughs) <laughs> it's been a few days. All right. Well, if 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 you if you haven't, perhaps just skip ahead a couple of minutes. But yeah, basically the first episode is kind of pre-season. Mm. Um, you know, like mainly for racing point, isn't it? Because obviously they were the kind of uh, big news. 
Yes, they were the big good, good way of putting it. They were the big news of the paddock um, testing. I, I tell you what shocked me when I was watching it was that nobody had a mask on, and it was so unusual to see. It was just like it was weird, wasn't it? Thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's wear a mask at any point. It was oh man, look at these people wearing masks. They're strange. <laughs> it's like oh well, and what, yeah, what yeah. Because I remember when um, I remember the like you know the, the weekend of the race. There was a whole thing about because um, Ocon wore a mask, didn't he? And it was before, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was before, you know, like the the you know the general consensus of wearing a mask is the safest option mm. was a thing, and like everyone else was there without masks, and then Ocon turned up in a mask, and it was like oh, Ocon's got a mask on. Mm. Whereas now, it would be you know if someone didn't have a mask on, you'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like the whole paddock was like. Oh, I've seen there's two or three people at Racing Point or two people at McLaren getting COVID. And not yeah. not at any moment were they social distancing or wearing masks at that point. They were just like, <laughs> wow, what a joke this is. No. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess the thing is, is in we, we've, and I guess this is kind of what I was going on to, I feel like it's got to a point now where because of the kind of systems are in place and the, the mentality is in place as well, mm. isn't it? You know, like... If you're in a if you're in a confined space, you know, wear a mask. Well, even if you're not in a confined space, really wear a mask. If you're around people, where possible, social distance, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully, like you said, the, the, you know, the circuits that were cancelled last year have had a chance to kind of prepare themselves. Um, uh, yeah, so I guess hopefully we'll see a, a full, fairly normal calendar. I guess. Yeah. Within reason, obviously. Um, yeah, in terms of the calendar, any circuits yes. in particular that you're looking for or looking forward um, to? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't know. There's just, there's just because I'm trying to think like what circuits we had last year that you know we, the only one be nice. The COVIDs, I think, to survive into this year is the Emilia Romagna. Oh, both of them then. The the second Italian one though, wasn't it? Oh, is that the same one? Oh, Michello. No, ah, uh, Emilia Romagna. I'm pretty uh, sure that's what it was called. Imola. Is that what it was? Oh, okay, see, I, there's so I many. Know, I don't know. I don't know which one you're referring to. I'll find it. Well, there were three. They were. They were. Did they even go to? They didn't go to Monza last year, did they? They went to Monza because remember. Pierre Gasly won there. Yes, they did. How could I forget that? Okay. Yes, yeah, so they went to Monza. They went to Mugello, and they did Imola. They would have been the three. Oh, Imola. Yeah, that was the one which they're bringing back this year. Right. Okay. Uh, and they bring in Portimao back yes. on, and they bring in the Portuguese Grand Prix. Back but um, to back. I don't know, like, I, in a weird way, like, I I really enjoyed the kind of mixed calendar last year. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see no one was ready. Tracks on you had to adapt. The, no, and it was it was nice to see some return. You know, like um, Turkey, mm. um, Nurburgring Grand Prix circuit. Both of those I really oh, enjoyed. Honestly, I st- I'm still convinced that the uh, Eiffel Grand Prix. He, should be on the calendar. Yeah, it was I'm gutted that that's not back. Um, but, you know, I think it was nice to have those differences, but at the same time, like, you know, we had two at the Aus- uh, at Austria, we had two in Silverstone, we had two at Bahrain, okay, slightly different circuit shapes, but still in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. So it'll be nice to kind of uh, get back to a little bit of normality as well, with some additions as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of skirting around the question here, Jack, aren't I? Um, look, Spa, you know, we do we we didn't have Spa. Did we have Spa? We did have Spa. Gosh, I, I can't even remember now. But yeah, it's always good to have Spa. Yeah, longest circuit on the calendar, I believe. Yeah, absolute classic. Um, I did enjoy it. I, I really hope we go back to Melbourne. 
Yeah, is um, that on the cards for this year? I think I think it is, but I think they've put it towards the end. That's smart. That's smart. I think because I think they've decided the Bahrain is going to be the start rather than uh, rather than Melbourne. Um, I'm just trying to think what other ones have we missed. Monaco, we didn't have Monaco last year, did no, we? That's the first time um, in a very long time that we have Monaco. Yeah, yeah. Um, be good to get back to Monaco. Although it'll be weird. It'll be weird. Yes, that oh, that was a huge miss. But sorry, just going back to Monaco briefly. It'll be weird to see Monaco without the kind of hustle and bustle vibe. Yeah. Obviously, that's not really going to be allowed. So I wonder perhaps if that's going to detract. Because you know, like as as good a circuit as Monaco. Well, maybe it isn't. Depends on your opinion. But as in Monaco, it's all about the theatre, isn't it? And it's the atmosphere and the. It's all about quality. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. In terms of the race, it's not always the most entertaining, is it? Um, but you know, if you kind of take away the kind of fans and the and the noise and the spectacle of it all, if you want a better phrase, um, how do you? Uh, how is that going to fare? I guess mm-hmm. so. It'll be interesting to see that. And yeah, cracking shout, Brazil. I, I I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, of of that circuit. Um, so yeah, it, it would be nice to have it back, I guess. In terms of new circuits, we got Zandvoort this year and Jeddah. Zandvoort was meant to be on the calendar last year, but was one of the cancelled ones of COVID. Mm. Um, are you looking forward to that one? Yeah, I mean, I, I have seen bits of Zandvoort, and uh, through my vast experience of playing it on Formula 1 2020, <laughs> um, I think it's it's got the potential to be an exciting circuit but i don't know i feel like overtaking is going to be quite difficult i did think that there's there's some really um, technical sections and yeah it's really punishing in the sense that it's almost completely gravel like off the i'll track. be honest with you i feel like it's going to be quite similar to Mugello in that qualifying will look very very impressive there i know i know the race at Mugello was carnage but that was because people just couldn't stop smashing into yeah. each other rather than the the actual race in itself being uh and you know like in um Mugello, you had that crazy slipstream, didn't you? Down the, um, yeah, down the home straight. Which is why they that was like basically slowed down and didn't even do the restarts like at a normal area. It was like we're yeah, right yeah, yeah. To the um, and and that kind of um, that was like the only overtaking point really was that long straight. Will Zandvoort be the same? You know, he's got a huge straight at the end, isn't it? Coming off the bank turn. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like as a as a, as a purist of somebody who enjoys. The kind of technicalities of Formula One, I'm sure it'll be fantastic for uh, overtaking and entertainment. Possibly not. could raise a few questions, but you know, it's Formula One, we'll see what happens. Now, since we last spoke about the Jeddah Grand Prix circuit, they've actually yes. released the correct new circuit, which is so this is so it's not that ridiculous not that one, which is like a million times. No, it is, it is still the longest street circuit on I'm the gonna calendar. I'm going to get it up as we talk about it. Yeah, okay. it is still the longest street circuit on the calendar, and it is new this year. It wasn't meant to be on okay. last year. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it looks remarkably similar in terms of you just look at it as a bird's eye view as um, Azerbaijan. Um, almost mm. a hybrid between Azerbaijan and what would have been Vietnam last year in the sense that it's predominantly really long straights. Mm. But yeah, it does look like a semi-decent um, circuit, I think. I mean, the thing is, it is it is a long circuit, but because it's so straight, you know, that's not going to make um, that much difference. No, but, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I prefer that to the uh, monstrosity that was suggested previously. Um, yeah. You know, you've got, a few, you've got a few high-speed turns, you've got some tighter corners, some, you know, some sweeping kind of... Uh, 
to the cinema. It'll be interesting to see how it goes, to be honest. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Really interesting. The thing is, it's always a bit of an unknown, because until you actually see Formula... As in, and I guess that's what makes Formula 1 unique, is in you only know how good a Formula 1 track is when a Formula 1 car is actually driven on it. Absolutely, yeah. Um Until that point. It's, uh, and you don't know how wide the circuit will be. Ex- exactly. There's so many yeah. parameters that you don't get until so you're very, the And you don't know whether... Is it, are they going to be like... Is it you know because it's a street circuit, isn't it? Is yeah. it just going to be like concrete walls? Because if that's the case, that could be quite exhilarating. So you know, you know. Well, yeah, that's what makes close to- Azerbaijan particularly fun is that at the end of what I, I you know what I'd probably say is probably the longest straight, or in the calendar that just Azerbaijan well one that is just enormous. But right at the end of it is that almost not hairpin but ninety degree turn instantly, and that mm. is I mean. You can go on YouTube and you see what is how, how does the driving lines on Formula One work and you know yeah. who has to give permission. It's like that turn is epic for that sort of stuff because it's like where's the breaking point? You can't you can't be one of those where it's like oh I'll gamble and break late just to make sure that I beat the person who's taking the correct line because if mm. you get that wrong you're in the wall and that's that's a, yeah yeah as much as it's like oh dangerous having concrete walls so close to the track but at the same time it's like it's punishing there's, there's, there's no you know there's no give if you if you get it wrong you're going to be in trouble well and it it, it affects how the driver's mentality works mm-hmm. as well isn't it there are tracks where there are large runoffs where drivers you know perhaps push it beyond the limits mm-hmm. and get away with it you know if they do that in a street circuit with yeah. concrete barriers they're going to get punished aren't they yeah. um, like the, they, they get warnings for some circuits when you go over the line if there's no warning mm-hmm. when you hit a concrete wall you're losing a wheel it's like that's yeah. the reality of the situation. So it could be a really good uh, addition. To be honest, I do like the street circuits. Apart from Monaco, I'm not a big Monaco fan, but I am a fan of Azerbaijan. I hope to be a fan of Jeddah. And I believe there's another street circuit. Well, Singapore. Singapore, and I do like Singapore. That is that is the case. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to Portimao coming back because I thought that was cracking last year. All right. Um yeah, yeah, I really enjoy Portimao. Good, good. Um, I mean, I also have a soft spot for Imola, but I feel like these cars are just too big for it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just too wide. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. And, you know, like there's... Um, oh, man, I'm really looking forward to it. Isn't it. It'll be good to have... It's like this year, you've got... Like last year was like completely different. And then this year, you've got like little bits of new... Some of the ones from last year returning, some of the the general, just, you know, they're always there kind of races. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it'll be good to see uh, how they all go, I guess. Should be good. Should be good. Um, right, should we move on to each of the teams then? Do yeah. a bit of a dissection of how they're looking post-pre-season, pre-normal season? <laughs> That does sound like a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> that sounded really professional, yeah. didn't it? The way I said that. There we go. Right. Um. Right. We'll start off with the uh, reigning constructors champions, Mercedes. Yep. The... Um. Eight on the bounce, which is, I believe, is the record. No one's, uh, no one has matched that. Um. Yeah. As in, look completely unstoppable last year. Um. I'm just trying to think. Actually, like the majority of races, apart from apart from the last one. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, the second Bahrain race where um, they decided to put the wrong tyres on the wrong cars. The Abu I feel da- like there was another one as well. Abu Dhabi, they didn't win. Verstappen just beat them outright on that. Um, yeah, you were saying okay. about the Sakia yes. Grand Prix because that's the one Perez won. Um, and there was Monza. And they also, 
where Pierre Gasly yes. won. What were you saying about And they also, had, they also had the thing in Russia, didn't they, where Hamilton did a... Um, he stopped in the wrong place to do a race start or practice yes, race start yes. and he got pinged for it. But um, didn't didn't um, Bottas win that one anyway? Yeah, well, this is what I mean. Is in like it was very much a case of last year, apart from like those really yeah. random ones where like if Hamilton didn't win, Bottas won. Yeah, and vice versa. Um, yeah, they they just look completely formidable, didn't they? Is in as you do it after like four or five races, you like the only thing that can seem to stop Mercedes right now is that their car produces too much downforce, which is causing them to shred their tires. And you're like, well, when you get into that point, you know you're doing well. <laughs> Although that, that um, shouldn't be as much an issue this year because I don't know if you're aware, but the 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 floor of the car is narrower. So whereas before the, the floor of the car was quite wide towards the rear wheels, they've uh, the new regulations mean that it's almost they trimmed quite a lot of it off, so it means there's mm. a lot less grip at the rear end. Um, well, so it's that, that, that it's interesting as well because um, you know the the majority. I think it's pretty much all of the grid have seen to gone for the uh, the Red Bull rake. You know, in terms of how the car sits to the ground. You know, they've kind of got the the floor of the car is much closer to the ground um, at the front than it is at the rear. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the majority seem to have gone with. But Mercedes have again stuck to their guns with the you know the flat. Uh, you know, consideration rather than having a rake, they've just gone, you know, as close to the ground as they can, mm-hmm. front to back. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, obviously, there's no DAS this year. There's not, and I, um, I'll be honest. I think that is going to be quite a difference maker because I don't think Mercedes, like in a sense, what they set as a benchmark from last year, I think they'll mm. struggle to get on that this year because it was so much yeah. better with the DAS. And, like, in a sense, I'm not saying they're going to make a step back massively, but as all the other cars improve, let's say the only thing that was separating Red Bull and Mercedes last year, or a big part of that, was the DAS, I think it could be a lot closer this year. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit, excuse me, but, um, you know, Mercedes didn't have a... uh, They didn't have a particularly good pre-season, did they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think they had one of the least number of laps in testing this year. They did, they did. Um, you know, th- but this has happened before. We don't really know with Mercedes anymore. They kind of, you look at them, you go, oh, they're struggling in pre season. And then the first qualifying, they get one, two by a distance. But to be um, fair, I do. That's think, not to say they will this time. I do but, think in the past you know. that they were just hiding what they were doing. But I mean, I think this is the least number of laps they've completed in testing since like 2013 or something like that it's been a long time since they'd it is, not done this but what you've got but what you've got to remember is is that mercedes are so far ahead mm-hmm. before they you know as in i know there are there there are changes but as in fundamentally the the changes to the cars you know it's not like a full on regulation change so they are so far ahead it's it's up to the rest of the teams to catch up really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I agree with you on the DAS. I don't think Mercedes are going to be as fast this year as they were last year. Just purely on the fact that the DAS is no longer a thing. And to be fair, um, Mercedes are getting about 20 seconds on anybody else. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Is in, okay, they may not be as fast, but that still probably puts them top. Because yeah. they were so much quicker than everyone else. Just you know, 10 be seconds interesting. instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, just uh, the proverbial mile than the literal mile. Um 
So uh, yeah, you know it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with Mercedes going into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Lewis Hamilton, seven-time world champion, um, joint with Michael Schumacher. You know <clears throat> he's going for his uh, he's going for the eighth. That um, number one of all time, then wouldn't it? That would put him number one of all time. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm of the opinion that as soon as Hamilton gets the eighth, he's going to retire. Um, yeah. That's if I think that's if he gets the eight. That's oh yeah, that's yeah, that of course isn't it? But as in, bigger. I think he's probably most likely right now between the car he's driving and the individual. Um, I think he's probably most likely, in all honesty. Ooh, do you reckon? I think so. See, uh, I mean, I don't know. He'll spoil it for after when we talk about Red Bull, but I, <clears throat> I don't think he's going to win it this year. Oh, there we are. Yeah. We'll wait and see for that then. Um, but yeah, and you know, like we said, questions could be raised about the car. Um, are Mercedes hiding their pace? Are Mercedes genuinely struggling? We don't really know. I mean, we can look to past pre-seasons where Mercedes have uh, been on the ropes or really struggled and then they've just gone to dominate the first race. This could be the time where they don't do it. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um yeah. What are your thoughts on Hamilton going into the season? I mean, I think he's he's going to win quite a few races. There's um, <laughs> a foregone. Um, yeah. But uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting. It'd be good to see him tested more this year because it would be. And I, as much yeah, as sorry, as much as Bottas is supposed to have tested him, and he he did in maybe three or four of the races, he got genuinely mm. close. I mean, apart from the ones where either Hamilton or... Well, Hamilton didn't retire all season, which is pretty remarkable. But apart from Bottas, you know, in the races where Hamilton had a genuine failure in the race, like there was something to do with like, the Russia pit stop, or mm. the pit stop um, start, um, or some tyres bursting here or there. The ones where Bottas won, he just won in a sense. He didn't dominate Hamilton or anything. It was down to some sort of mistake or strategy by the team, usually. It was never really down to Hamilton. So mm. it'd be good if Bottas could decrease the gap between them at the very least and just battle with Hamilton um, I mean, this season. It's, it's tricky for Mercedes as a team because, I mean, obviously what they want is what's been happening and that's yeah. one drive to get number one, the other to get number two. As in, realistically, they're not that bothered as long as that happens, mm. you know? Um, I think Bottas has been... A good wingman to his detriment at times. Um, yeah. He could, I don't know, I just feel like he lacks that cutting edge sometimes, Bottas. Yeah. What you could really do with him doing is... It's almost like, I feel like if he did it once over Hamilton, I think that could break the camel's back kind of thing. I and then I think he'd think, oh, do you know what? I can do this kind of thing. But at the moment, it's almost like he hasn't got that... Um, I don't know how to describe it, really. That kind of Killer cu- cutting instinct, edge. I think. Killer instinct. Oh, you've put that in notes on your killer instinct. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, But yeah, he's never ruthless enough to take advantage of an opportunity or to say no no about something. I mean, to be fair, I think he does on occasion say no now, or he will try and uh, sort of Mm. forge his own path to winning a race. But Mm. by and large, he's very much a passenger to the Mercedes engine, Mm. in a sense. He's like, he's he's a good driver. And mm. he's not bad. He's not as if 
he's not like the album to Verstappen in a sense where yeah, no. there's not a chance Albon's ever going to be better Jack, what, than what, what, what? what are we going to talk about this season now that Albon's gone I know <laughs> Albon is kind of the whole story <laughs> because it, the whole thing was how is he getting away with being in the second best car despite being yeah. not even the top 10 driver but it's like this year it's like you just with Bottas in particular it's like he's good enough to challenge in a way or to keep Hamilton on his toes mm. which is good for Mercedes because someone like Hamilton in a luxurious position he's in where he's got the best car mm. and he's probably one number one or number two best driver on the on the grid mm. it, it's very it could be easy just to go complacent and go well I'll just do what I want well I mean I guess the way I'd see it is this. If Mercedes hadn't have won the Constructors last year, I think you'd be looking at a different number two driver in, in the Merc. Oh, 100%. Um, I th- and I think that's. I think it's going to have to get to that point for Mercedes to to not be with Bottas, to be well, honest. Um, do you think there is nailed on this year? Now, the reason I say this is because, as I mentioned before, Hamilton didn't retire in a single race last year. That is... Mm-hmm crazy efficiency like the fact that that car didn't break down once for him is incredible mm. but also Red Bull have a genuine second driver or hope to have a genuine second driver in Perez who's got a little bit more mm-hmm. um, experience well he's got a lot more experience he's probably got 10 years on some of the other guys mm. who've been with Verstappen so yeah. I mean, Red Bull could genuinely mm. catch up a little bit and I mean just, just on the balance of probability, Mercedes at some point have to have some more failures. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it'll definitely be closer because you know, like when you've got drivers pitting for faster slap. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen because I knew that was the problem that Red Bull had for the majority of the last year was that you know Verstappen, you know, not necessarily the fastest, but he was there or thereabouts. And it was literally a case of, like, Red Bull would be like, right, how are we going to work this? And then they think, right, we'll do this. And then Mercedes go, okay, we'll just use Bottas to cover you off there. Yeah. And that was it. Whereas now, like, having Perez there, again, you're not saying that Perez is going to be... He may well be, but isn't you, you don't need Perez to be, like, right up there with Hamilton. But if he's just within a pit stop, you know, that gives you that kind of leeway to... Yeah. Or, or, or well... Gives Red Bull the last thing, and it prevents Mercedes from having that easy time. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. can't gamble you know, can... with one because they no. can cover you with one. When you've got two on yeah. two, it's like, well, are they going to gamble on that one if it then means they're opening the door for the other one to go and win? Absolutely. The race? Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it, I think it's. there's no doubt that it's going to be closer this year. Mm-hmm. Um, is in, you know, the, the battle between Mercedes and Red Bull. Um, I, I just don't know. About Bottas, to be honest, I mean, I don't, I don't think he can, because this is the thing, is you know, I, I think Nico Rosberg and Bottas are probably equally talented as drivers, but Rosberg seemed to have that kind of he was will savvy. to win, yeah, 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 and he was, you know, he was smart, whereas whereas Bottas seems to be not stupid, but he's passive, as in he's, you know, there'll be times where you're like, oh no, you need to go for that, mm. as in, you know, I mean, I was, and th- there. There have been a few times, sorry, there were a few times last season where, you know, like Hamilton would have a, you know, like a slightly dodgy pit stop or something wouldn't go right, quite right. And you think, right, this is Bottas's chance, you know, like he's on the freshest high or whatever. And then his times would slowly come down and then they would just plateau mm. and he wouldn't get any faster. And you're like, oh, no, come on, you need to, you need to push yeah, Hamilton. Like you know, sometimes you'd be on the, so- the, the softer tyre, 
so it should go quicker. And it's like you, your times are actually. How are you, if you're going slower on a better tire? It's like, well, it, and it wouldn't necessarily be. Sometimes. You know, it wouldn't be that you'd be dropping back to Hamilton, but the gap would be staying the same. Mm. And and this is the kind of you know this is the question that I always think. I always think is it a case that Bottas isn't taking advantage, or is it just a case that Hamilton is that good? Mm. And the, the more the time goes on, at the end of the day, right? Bottas and Hamilton are in the same car. So, I, and you know, within reason, I know there will be differences to how the cars are set up for each driver and, and etc. But generally, they're in the same car. So, the only difference is the driver. So, you know, I think it's equally as much Bottas not being kind of cutthroat as it is Hamilton being very good. That's what I think personally. Yeah, I, I, I agree but, with that. Yeah, I mean, I was watching um, a clip of Rosberg and Hamilton's battles. And there was mm. one where they were in, I think it was in Monaco, and obviously you, for qualifying, you can do your fastest lap on any lap. It doesn't matter when you're doing it. And Rosberg mm. had just set the fastest lap. Hamilton was on a flying lap yeah, after yeah. him. And he rather coincidentally, you know, by chance, looked like he was going for a turn. He went, oh, I could pull out, got to pull out. So he goes off into the slip. Uh, on, then it's know, yellow flag. Yeah. Yellow flag, so it means Hamilton can't go through that sector mm. as fast as he wants to. He has to go to a... Um, a max speed limit and then it like it just ruins Hamilton's lap and it's like those are the sort of really cynical things you've got to do if you want a chance of beating yeah. Hamilton and not yeah. once has Bottas gone I'm going to be cynical I mean maybe no. when he gave um, Verstappen the toe in Russia where for his after he'd done his qualifying he was like I want to be either first or third and I'm going to give Verstappen a toe just so he'll potentially beat Hamilton um, and get first, and that'll push Bottas into third, or he goes second, mm. and then Bottas moves to third anyway. But is there some of those killer moments where he's got to go? I'm gonna really be selfish. Don't care about mm. it. Yeah. Because to be fair, when yeah. you're in that Mercedes team, you know they're gonna win the constructors. I mean, <laughs> it's it's pretty much beyond beyond anybody else's abilities to beat Mercedes for the constructors. So it's like yeah. there's no real reason to play team orders. It's just go at it because. Yeah, this is well. This is the thing: is in Mercedes have never done the kind of full-on team order mm. stuff, have they? And I think, from what I understand, they seem to go down the route of if you qualify on pole, you get choice of pit strategy. Yeah, I think and, it's you know, whoever's ahead, isn't it? Maybe I don't even know. Yeah. It, it might well it be. It very yeah. much isn't um, predetermined, though. As in um, Hamilton's better. It's not Hamilton's Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 There we are then. We'll move on from Merck. Go on to. The competitor, mm. Red Bull. Well, it's competitor um, singular because I can't see anybody else competing with them. <laughs> well, I mean, I may have to disagree with you Ooh, on that one, but we'll get to great, that in a bit. Great, great, great. <laughs> um, do you want to kick us off with Red Bull? Yeah, finished second last year to Mercedes. Um, but they were fastest in testing, which I do think, I do genuinely think they could be pretty good. I mean, a lot of what was wrong with the Red Bull car last year was that they couldn't control it. They said it had no grip on the rear end. And all the reports coming out of testing were the Red Bull has sorted out that issue. And if they have, I mean, who knows how good they could be. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just put the question quite early on. I didn't have much to say about Red Bull. I mean, they did. They are the last team to beat Mercedes, which is mm. uh, something to hold. But it's, that was over eight years ago. Well, it was eight years ago, um, so it doesn't really count. How old were you when that happened, Jack? Eight years, 15. 
So yeah, that was a long time. <laughs> yeah, so first year GCSEs. It's a long time. Um, say I was doing GCSEs. Yeah, first year as well. <laughs> Very good. But um, yeah, do you think? Do you think this is Red Bull's year to reclaim the title? Um, not really. Mm. I don't think so. And uh, the, oh, I don't know. It's a tr- it's a tricky one because we don't really know how Mercedes are doing. Mm. It'll all um, come down to that pra- well, first practice session. I'll be honest with you. I think the problem that Red Bull have got is that they have the not greatest engine. You know, yeah, in... they did have a few retirements, notably in the mm. first race of last year. Verstappen retired. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is such a downer yeah. to start the season on. It's like he's in yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Cruising, um, and then that happens. Ugh. When you say win, do you mean as in the constructors, or do you mean driver championship? I mean constructors. Uh, well, I mean, I guess a lot of it kind of relies on how good Perez actually is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is his, you know, this is his time to shine. This is the best. You know, he's been with McLaren before, but as in they weren't exactly vintage when he was with them. You know, this is the best car he's ever been in, with the, with one of the, is it's the best team he's been with, you know. Is he going to be able to step up? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I think how Red Bull finishing the constructors will be very, very, very heavily <laughs> dependent on how Perez does. Because you know, is in Verstappen is excellent, isn't he? I think. Um, I I, I'll be honest, I think he's the best driver on the grid. I I genuinely think that. I just think the way he pretty much dominates all of his second drivers is insane. Like, Hamilton beats Bottas all the time, but it's never as enormous a gap. I mean, how much of that is down to the fact that Albon isn't very good? I don't know. Mm. Um, but, I mean... Well, I mean, there are a couple of things I would say to that. I, I think Verstappen is very, very good. I think he still lacks a little bit of experience. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Turkey last year, you know, was in he's following Perez. Bear in mind, it's wet. And he tries to pull an overtake, and you're kind of there like... Lewis Hamilton doesn't try that because no, but, it's never going to end well. But also, Hamilton's um, never in a situation to try that because he's always at the front. And I, but that's because he's the fastest. Nah, <laughs> he's there because it's the Mercedes. It's all no, about the Mercedes. No. I reckon, you don't, I reckon you don't, if Verstappen was in that all, Mercedes, he'd be miles in the distance. If it were all about the Mercedes, Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton would win the same number of races, nah, and that doesn't happen. Nah, because I don't think Bottas is very good. And I, I, Well, what about Nico Rosberg then? Yeah, and Hamilton was challenged and he lost. Sorry? He lost, didn't he, to Nico? Nico retired once, on top. Once out of four. <laughs> and the last time Hamilton and that's Rosberg a, were against a, each other, he, he lost. Yes, but, but that's because Rosberg then retired the absolute pansy. Um, <laughs> no, as in, I, I still think Verstappen is very good. Um, and I kind of get what you're saying about beating his teammate, but Christian Horner flipping the doors... Max Verstappen to the point where Verstappen almost has a car made for him, which is not a bad thing. But as in, I, I don't think you can then say Verstappen beats his competitors. It's like, well, he's obviously going to. Mm-hmm. And like, and when you think about it, who has Verstappen had as his teammates? He's had Daniel Ricciardo, who was effectively ousted because Christian Horner was like, Max Verstappen's my son. Um, <laughs> You had Pierre Gasly, who wasn't really given 
a fair crack of the whip, I would say. 100%, yeah. No, no. And and then you've got Alex Albon, who, again, hasn't performed particularly well. Um, Understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, and I don't think that takes away from Verstappen. I still think he's excellent. I think he will. He's he's going to be a world champion at some point. But I think right now the difference is the Red Bull doesn't seem to be quite as capable as the Mercedes is. Um, who knows? With another teammate there who can actually drive a car quickly, perhaps it puts a little less pressure on Verstappen to be like, oh, we just need to get the points. Mm-hmm. You know, if they've got if if he's got somebody behind him who can actually do a job, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But as in, and if anything, on occasion he might be able to take the gamble. He could be the exactly, one trying yeah. to do the undertake. He yeah, could be the one exactly. Going early and it's like, well, at least the team's got it's Perez a, to gather the I points. I mean, look, Re- Red Bull are an excellent team. You know, in terms of finances, they can't match Mercedes just because they're not a, a manufacturer team. Um, so Red Bull have to do things that kind of are tactically smart. Last season, they weren't given the choice of that because their second drive was fairly inept to the point where he wasn't even like a, a chess piece. They couldn't. Is in in terms of races. It was like, well, Albon's back in eleventh. You know, there's nothing that we can do with Albon to help Max at the front. Oh yeah. Um, he, he was he, he was really poor last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at yeah. his results now. I mean, he finished in the top three once, and it's like, how many times did Verstappen finish there? Well, better to say how many times he didn't. Three times. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, isn't it? that is just nuts. How big a gulf there is between them. I mean, to be honest, you put the combined points of Red Bull and McLaren, and you don't get Mercedes points. And I think, yeah, I think that is in part because Ocon, um, not Ocon, um, Albon wasn't doing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I think that I Mercedes agree. car is just that much better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt yeah. that the Mercedes car is the best on the grid. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I couldn't argue that. I don't think anyone could argue that, really. No. Um, Until this year, I'll be honest. I'm going all in on Red Bull. I think they're gonna. I think Verstappen's gonna win it all. I think this is the year, Jack. This is the year. I mean, I would say that, but I feel like that's what the majority of uh, people who don't like Mercedes. Uh, well, I didn't say, say I don't like much. Them. No, 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 not, not you. I mean, sorry. What other people say who don't like Mercedes? That's what they say every season. Um, so uh, we'll see how that goes. I think. Mm-hmm. I-, I think Perez is the key here. Is and if Perez can turn out, if Perez is a good performer, I think that that op- that blasts it wide open. Absolutely. I mean, um, particularly because, Perez has like to you do, said, Mercedes having a good preseason. Sorry, go on. Even if Perez just finishes fourth in every race, does, yeah, he just has to keep the pressure yeah, on. It's at the fact that <clears> I mean, well, actually, if we even go just to top four for Ocon last year, he finished in the top four three times. It's like... Albon, you mean? Albon, yeah. Keep saying Ocon. What have you got against Ocon, mate? I don't think he's very good. Um, That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, as bad as I'm going to be. Um, but, you know what I mean? It'd just be the fourth best driver more than half the time and you're, you're sitting pretty at Red Bull <laughs> because mm. they haven't had the fourth best driver or they haven't had somebody who's able to get the second best car into the fourth draft best it's driver position. Ricardo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... Hopefully, they can do a bit more. I mean, you even look at how many times Albon retired. He retired one, two, three, four, five, six times last year. I mean, yeah. the fact that 
Hamilton didn't retire once. Hmm. Uh, Bottas retired just the once. The only time Hamilton didn't race is when he was struck down by COVID. Yeah. It's like, gosh, <laughs> kick a man when he's down in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, even even Max Verstappen, well, I'm sure he did. I don't know why. It's... Ah. No apologies. Ignore everything I've just said. The way they've worked this out. They've gone for the highest position for the top row and the lower for the second row. That doesn't make any sense. They have retired. I've just been messing around with incorrect numbers there. Oh, Jack. I know. This is meant to be a professional podcast. I know, it is. feeding us lies. I'm on Wikipedia here. It should be the truth. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, no, the way it works, <laughs> the top, well, in Red Bull Racing Honda, the top row is all, like, you know, good results. And the bottom row for each team is whatever the worst result of the two was. So, obviously, on the top row, there's no retirements. Um, mm. <laughs> but, no, some of them might have been Ocon. Ah, never mind. Yeah. Ignore all that, then. But, yeah, either I mean, way. <laughs> um, no, Ocon, um, Albon. You've done it again. <laughs> they got similar names. It's on, on. Um, super, on, on. Professional. Um, super professional. Just, just another side note. Is um, is there the potential that Perez could come in and unsettle the boat for Verstappen? Who knows? As in, oh. as in let's put it this way. If I think he's too old. I... Yeah, but if Perez comes in and for the first two or three races outperforms Verstappen, unlikely, I'll admit... Mm-hmm. But then if that happens, what what do Red Bull do then? Because Red Bull have a habit of favouring certain drivers. Do they back Perez, the new man, or do they stick with their golden boy? I'll be honest, I think in that situation, they do very much what Mercedes do and go, great, we have the first and the second best driver. Mm. Yeah, um, maybe. But yeah, the, I, I can't see that happening, truthfully. But, oh no, I can't see it happening. No, I'm just putting did, hypotheticals yeah, out there. If it did, I mean, great for them because that would genuinely. I mean, I mean, if he's better than Verstappen, and we're both agreed that Verstappen's better than Bottas, well, they've got at least second and third every single race. Um, yeah, so, I mean, no, you're not wrong. They can't argue with that, can they? <laughs> nope, absolutely not. Um, right, should we move on to the next? Batch of teams. Yeah, I've sort of described these as the chasing pack. Because I wouldn't call them the mid-table. But they are only... Well, some of them are only a touch off of those top two places. And I believe you think one of them is genuinely uh, in there. I do. Which one? And that team is McLaren. Really? I, I think McLaren are dark horses this year. I've got to be honest. I really do. As in, I can see why. That Mercedes yeah, engine. In, oh, is I, I, I'm not some sort of exactly. I'm not some sort of Mystic Meg, as in I think you know. As in, like the bottom line is they've they've got the best engine on the grid. Um, they've got two very good drivers. I, I like I liked Carlos Sainz. I think he's a solid solid driver, but I think Daniel Ricciardo's a step up, mm. and I think it's very much. I was about to say Renault. Alpine's loss is uh, McLaren's gain. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that Ricardo's got a lot to prove now. Is in this is his second team post Red Bull. The purpose of him moving from Red Bull was so he could be go to a team and be competitive. That didn't really work out at Renault. He's now in probably the best car he's going to get outside of Red Bull and Mercedes. Well, 
right now is in Ferrari's side because Ferrari are in a bit of a rough patch at the moment, aren't they? Looking better than they did last season, but as in they're not vintage Ferrari. Mm-hmm. You know, as in it's probably the best car he could be in apart from the Merc, the Red Bull or the Ferrari then, if you want to include Ferrari right now. Um, to be honest, I, I do generally think Ferrari are going to be vastly better than they were last year, but sticking with McLaren. But just a side note, is that is that hard? Being better than they were last year. <laughs> no, no. But when, when I say that, I I think they'll be at least the fourth best team. Hmm. But yeah, carry on with your McLaren speech. Um. Yes, I'll ca- carry on with my McLaren. Uh, what's the word? Um. I can't think of the word. Anyway, um, rhetoric. Um. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think McLaren are looking really good, and I feel like McLaren have been for three or four years now. McLaren have gradually been building. And I feel like the Merck engine is that final piece of the puzzle and they can really kind of kick on and be what everyone wants McLaren to be. And that's a competitive team, I think. All anybody wants is to have 10 teams all competing for first. Yeah. And obviously we can't have that, but the more teams... No. Which is why I'm really hopeful Ferrari refined their form of two years ago where they were competing. Mm. There was aspects of the car which was better than Mercedes. Um, but if we mm. could see the McLaren up there with the Red Bull, with potentially a Ferrari and the Mercedes, I mean, mm. it could be epic, some of these races. Um, yeah, I mean, and like, you know, you always want, you know, McLaren are historically one of the more successful teams in Formula 1. You always want that up there. You never want to lose. And like the same with Ferrari, you never want... It's not nice to go down te- in the doldrums. No, no, and it, it, it just makes the monopoly at the top... You know, bigger, doesn't it? Really, isn't it? It just increases the power of the top teams, which you know for them is excellent. But for the entertainment and the com- competition, it, it doesn't. Um, so yeah, I, I'm back in McLaren this year. Mm. Not not necessarily to go and win the championship, but I think they can really mix it up with. Um, well, listen. Let's put it this way: if you're saying that Mercedes is one of the better cars based on the fact that they've got the best engine, and last year their car was excellent. You've got generally Red Bull have the best chassis, perhaps lacking in the power department because they use the Honda engine. You've then got McLaren, who last year did pretty well with the Renault engine, had a good um, aero package. If you then put the Merck engine in that car, I think that kind of puts them in the mix. Maybe not with Red Bull, but as in fairly close, I would say, to the point where you know I wouldn't half be surprised if... like. You know, you maybe had like a Merck one, two, followed by a Red Bull, followed by a McLaren, followed by a Red Bull. Like, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I think that's very possible. I think Mercedes, as in, sorry, McLaren, I think McLaren could kind of be in that kind of third or fourth bracket as opposed to sort of fifth to tenth bracket, if that makes sense. Well, Ricardo finished in the top five seven times last year. Which, considering the Renault wasn't exactly, exactly. vintage. Well, his, not bad, his teammate Esteban Ocon finished in the top five twice, and one of them was That's because of the Sakia Grand Prix. Danny, Danny Rick is different level; he like is. he, he is really good. That that boy is different mustard, as Eddie, Eddie Hearn would say. <laughs> <laughs> boy, that mate, that guy is different mustard. Well, different mustard, my darling. Different mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, it, to be fair, you put him in that car. I mean, you think about the McLaren was. I mean, I, to be honest, I'd say the McLaren was a golf better than the Renault last year. 
And he Oh yeah, definitely. He got more points than both Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris. Despite being in a worse wow. car. It's like this 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 is only gonna go up. So mm. this could be a really tasty season for him. It could be well and just McLaren in general, isn't you know, I don't think you can uh, rule out Lando, can you? He's still very young. Mm. Um, well, what surprised me about Lando Norris, he finished ninth last year in terms of individual driver standings. And that's bottom of that sort of pack of good drivers, in a sense. Mm. Which is disappointing I mean, for him. But It is. I feel like he had quite a good start, didn't he, Lando Norris? Yeah, 3rd, 5th, um, 13th, 5th. You know what I mean? That's three mm. top fives in his first four races. Mm. That's what you want. But I, I um, don't know what happened to him. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I guess it is worth noting that, you know, McLaren did kind of have, like, a little bit of a mid-season lull. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of did a bit of dev uh, development and they kind of uh, kicked on again a little bit. But, you know, we'll wait and see. I, I guess the way I see it is that M- McLaren are dark horses. Definitely do not want to write them off. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, as you say, could be a potentially second team this year. Yeah, yeah, we'll wait and see. We will wait and see. Absolutely. Um, right, Aston Martin. The newly minted Racing Point. Mm. Should be interesting, because Racing Point, last year, keep going back to my things, were the fourth best team. They only lost out by seven points um, to McLaren, and they had a retirement on that last race of the season. So who knows, mm. they could have been the third had things uh, not mm. gone the way they did. Um, mm. they, they are without Sergio Perez, who was the fourth best driver, according to points last year. So, mm. I mean, perhaps Sergio by, Perez... By how many points was that, out of interest? Uh, to which... What, Sergio Perez to where now? Uh, to uh, third, uh, Sorry, fifth. Sergio Perez was six points ahead, ahead of Danny Rick, who was in turn 14 ahead of Carlos Sainz. So they, okay. he was, you know, he's in the considerable... It almost goes Hamilton, then Bottas and Verstappen in the same pretty much spot. Mm. Then Perez and Ricardo in the same spot. I mean... And then look, everybody I'm not, else. I'm not taking it away from Sergio Perez, but let's not forget he got that one win at Sakia, which on an individual level was absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. Like, he came from the back of the grid, I think. Mm-hmm. But... Mercedes did decide to put the wrong tyres on the wrong car. That's true. When they were although, a very long time ahead. Although on the flip side, in the Bahrain, the the, the weekend before that, he the, was the Bahrain Grand Prix. The Bahrain, rather than the Sakia. Oh yes, he was right. at the top, and on the last lap or something, his, his he, engine, his engine yeah, just exploded. Yeah. Um, so, who knows? What, yeah, no, you are yeah, right. I stand so corrected. He, he could have had it even balances more. Out. Yeah. Yeah, that, that balancing out, I did look around, because like, with Lando being in ninth, as I said a minute ago, it's like, but Charles Leclerc got a second and a third in that season, which is crazy to think. So they, they weren't yeah. exactly ones which were normal. So um, some no. some of those guys are in awkward situations. But yeah, you know, Sergio Perez. And you got to remember, Sergio Perez had COVID for two weeks. That's true, actually. That's a very good point. Yeah. So Sergio Perez can That's only a... go up. <laughs> He's in a better car. He's going to basically finish four more races. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, no more hulking back. <laughs> no, no it's, uh... Disappointing. Um, but going... I mean, I guess the big big thing for Aston Martin, though, is the Sergio Perez replacement. Mm-hmm. 
do, do you think it's an upgrade? Because we've got four-time world champion, 3,000 accumulated points, 53 race wins, Su- Sebastian Vettel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In case you hadn't guessed. In case you <laughs> In case you haven't read the news. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what do you think is going to go on there, then? I mean, on paper, it's hands down an upgrade, isn't it? As in, you're going from a a man who only won his first race last year to a four-time world champion. Um, I'm a little bit jury's out with Vettel at the moment. I I think it's difficult because I feel like last year was a combination of Ferrari gave up on him a little bit. Um, Well, I say a little bit, a lot. Um... But also, I feel like he wasn't exactly at his best either. But then was that because Ferrari had basically thrown in the towel with him? So it's a bit of a vicious circle. I don't know which way around it goes. Um, I, I mean, I think it's worth saying that even before last season, the season before, Vettel wasn't particularly at his best. Um, you know, yeah. it may be that it was a kind of like a boiling point effect as in it was a gradual kind of frustration and that perhaps because the car was so bad last year it all kind of you know sparked and that's how it ended with Ferrari and Vettel um I mean the bottom line is this and this is the same thing I'd say when people say oh Vettel only won because of his car like you don't win four world championships based on your car alone it can be a big factor but as in that's four years where you've got somebody else in the exact same car as you and you have outperformed them four years... Well, for Vettel, it was four years in a row. Um, so be you fair, don't become a bad... The one way beat Alonso, not when Alonso never his teammate, but the one way he got the World Championship off of Alonso of like, I think in the last four races, he just blitzed him on all four and it was... You know, yeah, I, that think, was that, I think that was his first race. Mm. That was his first race. and I, uh, Sorry, his first um, Season. title. And I'm pretty sure... I'm right in saying he didn't lead the championship until the final day where he won it. So that, that, that's um, a winner. And yeah, well, and yeah. you know, isn't you? But is it that kind of like? Has he kind of? Is he on the downward curve? You know, as in he's been in Formula One a long time. Is it a case that he just needed a new challenge? I mean, Ferrari isn't exactly the. Um, you know, when you look at some of the drivers who've been there and failed. You know, like Fernando Alonso never won a title with Ferrari. Sebastian Vettel, a four-time world champion, never won a title with Ferrari. Is in the, there's a there's a bit of a correlation, and it's not the driver; it's the team. <laughs> so, you know, I I don't think you can put Vettel's perhaps struggling form purely down to Vettel. Um, but it's it's a difficult one because Aston Martin didn't particularly have a great preseason either, did they? I think I'm right in saying. Uh, they um, did have some issues, that is correct, yes. They... Yeah, as in, I think, from what I read, as in Merck by far had the worst testing, and then probably followed by Aston Martin. Um, perhaps they copied their car again, which is why they're struggling <laughs> so much. <laughs> that could well be it. <laughs> so... that's, that's a shot fired right there. Um, no, I, I, it'll be nice to see Vettel in a place where he clearly feels wanted. Um, and I I would imagine that that will probably lead to an upturn in results, not necessarily podiums, because at the end of the day, with the greatest respect, it is still a racing point and newly named Aston Martin. You know, and it's not like he's jumped into a Mercedes. I don't think you can expect him to win race after race. But as in, 
hopefully, if he's in a team where he's um, <clears throat> he's happy, that'll lead to an upturn in form. <clears throat> well, do you think that Aston Martin have the fourth best car? No. No. Oh. I don't think so. I, 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 I was going to um, ask, like, do you think... Well, I didn't think it was beyond the realms of a possibility that Vettel could be towards the top five for chunks of this season. but Oh, yeah, I think that's doable. Yeah, but you, you, I don't think <clears throat> you can get into the top five with the fifth best car. Because all of a sudden you are meant to be nice. Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> That's to be honest, that that'd be interesting if Vettel does actually finish above Ricciardo this season. It would almost be like a oh, maybe Christian Horner was right all that time ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of unknowns with that. But <clears throat> yeah, Aston yeah, Martin a little bit of a an unknown for me. It'll be interesting to see how they because um, <clears throat> you know let, let's be fair, racing point success last season came from them being quite smart with their car design. Smart is a kind of a loose word there. You can choose whatever word you want to put in there. Um, you know, can they kind of use that as a base to kind of go and make their own development to make a fast car? guess we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully. 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 More cars at the front. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think it's worth men- mentioning Lance Stroll. Um, and I'm going to say that I think I've been overly critical of Lance Stroll in the past. I agree. He he proved a lot of Well, you agree wrong. that I've been overly critical or yeah. agree that Yeah, I agree that you've been, you've been more <laughs> too critical, Jack. It's disgraceful. Um, no. <laughs> I, I do agree that people have been... I mean, to be fair, rightly so, people have been harsh on him because he's he hasn't earned his seat. He's bought it with his dad's money. Mm. It's like, you know... So, in a way... I haven't got the sympathy that side because he has been given a pretty good hand uh, in terms mm. of chances. Um, but at the same time, he's got a pole position, which is very hard to do. Um, yeah. And he's got three podiums. Not every driver. Well, yeah, I mean, like, let's that. put it this way. Considering how much people lord Sergio Perez, he only got his first race win last season. Mm. You know... So it's it's not uh, it's not easy to go and get a race win. I think that's um, you know you, you don't end up in a Formula One car with a Formula One team if you're an absolute mug. So uh, I think it'll be nice. It'll be interesting to see how uh, it'll be interesting to see how Aston Martin as a team go. To be honest, because I'm a little bit and to me Aston Martin an unknown. They are and to be, looking at Lance Stroll from last year, he retired or didn't race in. Six races last year, he either retired or didn't race in. So there's a lot of mm. opportunity to get more points. I mean, from the yeah, races yeah. he did, he finished in the top ten every time. So mm. or bar, bar one. So it's like, well, you know, could... and who knows? Perhaps he'll learn. You know, like he had that. Um, I mean, I think the potentially the biggest loss of points was the um, Italian Grand Prix, wasn't it? Because on the restart, I think he was on pole. Yeah, something yeah, like he was Paul Hunter. Yeah, and he just and he and he dropped back about three or four places, like within the space of two corners. So, really you know, perhaps you'll learn from those experiences and kind of kick on, I guess. Yeah, hopefully. We shall see. Um, right, next team. Alpine. Alpine, not, not Alpine. Renault. Alpine, not Alpine. No, they've been correcting people this week who've said, "Oh, Alpine." Yeah, I said, "No, it's Alpine." Um, Alpine, Alpine. Formerly known as Renault, 
finished this <laughs> last year. <laughs> yeah, just straight up. Alpine was Renault. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Just so everyone doesn't know, they're Renault. Um, so, yeah, yeah. To be fair, they were the worst of a good bunch um, mm. when it comes to McLaren. What was <clears throat> yeah, they were kind points. of back of that pack, weren't they? Yeah, what was Renault? They were the third team. And they, they were an outside mm. shot to get third place at the end of the season. But Am I right in saying that Abid Bull's gone now? He is gone. I do not know who's replacing him, but uh, Cyril Abid Bull is, uh, is gone. Um, yeah, so do you know what? I just remembered we named a bit a part one of our podcast with that in it. I should know that. Yeah, shameful. Yeah. It was au revoir, Cyril. Yes. Um, but I mean, bit of a shame. Fair, I like the people. They finished fourth, but as we were saying before, Danny Rick finished fifth overall, and it's mm. like, you know, how good is this car actually? Because Esteban Ocon finished all the way down in twelfth with just a measly yeah. sixty-two, um, mm. which is bottom of everybody who was driving any of the good. Or half decent cars, yeah, which is concerning. Um, do you think they can be a genuine contender? Because to be fair, they do have a new acquisition in place of Daniel Ricciardo. In may may have heard of him. Two former two time world championship winner, thirty two race wins to his name. But he hasn't raced in Formula One since twenty seventeen. It is Fernando Alonso. Who's that? Fernando Alonso. Never heard of him. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about Alonso coming back. Because, like... I think you he's know, lost it. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've discussed this on. with people. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> just creating headlines. Um, you know, as in... I was discussing it with someone. I said, oh, you know... But, like, when drivers have come back in the past, it hasn't ended out up well. You know, as in, like... When you look at when Schumacher came back, he wasn't the same as... Um, you know, when he left. I mean, the gap was a lot longer, granted... And the cars were completely different by the time that Schumacher came back, as in the regulations had changed a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, equally, when Schumacher had that gap, he didn't race in between, as far as I'm aware. Whereas, you know, like Fernando Alonso has done IndyCar um, endurance races, all sorts of things. So, you know, he's been kind of keeping himself. Did he do Le Mans? I don't think he did Le Mans, no. I think I think he's done the IndyCar. Um so yeah, isn't he? He's done. He's been keeping his driving skills topped up, should we say, just as a hobby, you know. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of Kimi Raikkonen <laughs> when they're like, "Why would you do it?" It's, to me, it's a hobby. <laughs> it's like yeah, I can yeah. retire when I want, but it's just a hobby. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hobby. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, Fernando Alonso will bring, if nothing else, a vast amount of experience to that team mm-hmm. and to Ocon. As in, I think Alonso was a um, a mentor is better than Daniel Ricciardo was a mentor, to be honest. Yeah, Danny Rick's there for a good time and he knows he's really good, but I mm. think Fernando Alonso very much, quite like Sebastian Vettel, is, mm. or uh, maybe not Kimi right now, I can't see him being much of a mentor to anybody, but... Um, he's just a talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I, yeah, I can see Fernando maybe helping Ocon a little bit more. Well, what do you make of Ocon, though? Do you do you think this is potentially his last season? I mean, I think he's got to step it up because he he was ousted from um, race uh, not racing point uh, Force yeah, India ra- yeah racing point for Lance Stroll quite um, harshly was because left... he was on yes. on arguably better than Perez that season, but he had he was, no yeah. financial backing to no. basically be all that. Racing Point wanted him to be. Well, this is the thing. Is in like when it was like Ocon is without a seat, everyone was kind of there, like jaw on the floor, 
how can this guy be left without a seat? As in, he's, he's way too good to be left without a seat. Um, and to be honest with you, I think this is why Lance Stroll got so much criticism, or has, or still does, is because you were kind of looking at it going, well, hang on, Lance Stroll isn't as talented as Ocon, yet Oc- Stroll's got a seat and Ocon doesn't. But Ocon came back last season and he wasn't great. Um... I mean, he was quite then, a distance. But then he, not a great. He, well, it was only yeah, the second and, half of the season he really did anything. I mean, it's worth remembering that he had a year, a year and a bit out of the car. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it was always going to take a bit of adjusting to get back into the swing of things. But th- you'd almost hope that there would have been some sign of getting better, which it didn't seem to be really. In like uh, Ricardo outperformed him comprehensively. Um. I, and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about... For me, getting Fernando Alonso back... Look, clearly he's very talented, as in like he's a two-time world champion, for goodness sake. But he's sake. not but a long-term option, is he? No, no. It, it seems a little bit of a, a bit of a backward step, I think. I could see that. Um, I could see that. What, to be honest, though? I no, mean... Not in terms of quality, but in terms of... You know, as in like Daniel Ricciardo and Ocon, you've got... A driver who is very talented and very fast in the kind of prime of his career, and you've got Ocon who's very young and he's got like a future potential. Mm-hmm. Whereas you kind of look at it now and you've got Ocon who, okay, he has a lot of potential, but last season he didn't really show a lot. And you've got Fernando Alonso who, again, yeah. is a two time world you champion. You can very much see them as in two different drivers there. But as in that was nearly 15 years ago that he won his last champ. It was 15 years ago, it was 2006. Serious. You know, form- yeah, 2005-2006 he won his championship. Yeah, I had no idea it was that long. Yeah, yeah, he won them both with Renault. Um, so, and you know, like there they were criticisms of, you know, McLaren, weren't they, when Alonso was there and they said, oh, Mac- Alonso runs the team and all that kind of stuff. Is that going to be the same with Alpine? Who knows? Um, we'll just have to wait and see, I think. To be honest, I think, um, looking at the testing, I mean, I... It's hard to really get anything, but they did look like they were in a rhythm in terms of mm. didn't seem to have anything going wrong with them. They all looked pretty clean in terms of what they were doing. I wouldn't be surprised to see if they are still quite close to that bunch. I don't know if they're yeah. going to be ahead of them, but I mean, with McLaren having a new engine supplier, there's no guarantees yeah. that it is just super compatible no, because no, they no, are a customer, no. you know. Mm. Um, and looking at racing point there's no guarantee that they do as well i mean mm. sebastian vettel might not be that great um so you know there's an opportunity for them to exploit in terms of potentially yeah. jumping ahead of one or two of them. but <clears throat> i mean it will be a big think, effort for them yeah i mean i think <clears throat> the i think there's something quite poignant about the fact that renault have gone with a name change i think because sorry, when I say Renault, it was in Alpine is still under the Renault brand, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's just a different Renault branch Alpine. of Renault. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I feel like this, this is kind of like a right. This is a new era now, um, which I think is why they got rid of Alpita Bull. Because I, I don't think he did particularly badly as Renault boss. I just don't think he did particularly well. Um, you know, when you consider that Renault are probably one of the wealthiest teams on the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're kind of finishing behind three or four other teams before you even get to Mercedes. It's not really what Renault wants, is it? So, who knows? This could be the start of a new era for... Well, also, they were finishing behind the McLaren team, which is a customer. 
I mean, yeah, you exactly. haven't finished being a customer, you know something's going wrong. Mm. Yeah, definitely, yeah. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Mm. Um, do you want to start the next one? Because I feel like you've got a lot vested in this one, to I be have. honest. To be honest, big fan. The prancing horses, the red car. Enzo Ferrari said, ask a child to draw a car and they'll colour it red. They're the oldest team in Formula 1, the most successful team in Formula 1. 16 constructor championships. That's more than a quarter of all constructor championships of all time. 237 race victories, 768 podiums, and last year they finished 6th. Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> all of the history, none of the substance at the moment. By and large, because of the engine. Oh, oh I feel like that's got to be the podcast title. All of the history, none of the substance. Yeah. Um, they, they just had nothing last year. They had arguably no. a better car. Well, yeah, arguably they had a better car than Mercedes two years ago. But then mm-hmm. someone flagged there was something not quite right with that car. Or some of the rules changed and all of a sudden that Ferrari car's a bit of a flop. Uh, and they were like, had nowhere near any of the pace on the straights anymore. No. It'd be interesting to see if they've changed anything this year. If, To be honest, we didn't see much of them in practice, or not by testing, to decipher. Because they didn't seem to have anything really good wrong. Once or twice they, uh, I think, retired, but nothing unusual. Mm. So it'd be yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they have a better car. But uh. um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I feel like Ferrari could be in for another tough season. Mm. In all honesty, regulation changes um, next year kind of mean say, that nobody wants just to pu- invest this year. Exactly, exactly. Just purely on the basis of um, reg changes come in next season. Um, I think Ferrari are going to have to be quite smart in how they do things. Well, for me, what Ferrari needs to do this year is just sort themselves out as a team. Yeah. As in, you know, like, what was highlighted last year is that at points, like, the Pitts crew and everything was bordering on incompetence with some of the decisions they were making. And, you know, they were coming on the radio and going... Oh, Sebastian, do you want to go with option Z or option Q? And you've got, like, Vettel's kind of, they're like, hang on, why are you asking me? You're the strategist. Yeah. And, and why, was... why are you asking me? Like, I'm the one in the car. You need to be telling me, well, not, not telling me, but you need to be advising me which strategy makes sense. Like, in the Turkish Grand Prix, I think it was. No, it wasn't Turkish. It wasn't Turkish. It was one of the ones where he had a pretty decent finish by the end of it. But he was there, and he, I think he was on a set <coughs> of mediums. Or, yeah, he was on a set of mediums, just come off a set of hards after a pretty short stint on the hards. And he was like, so what's the plan? <laughs> but it's basically like, do, do I need to save these tyres? Because he's on the mediums. It's like, oh, I think there's something like 30 to 40 laps left. And mm. didn't get a response for two laps. Said, you know, we're going we're gonna to go with option J or something. And it was like, so to the end. <laughs> it's like, why on earth have we done a short stint on the, on the hards, then gone on for a really long stint on the mediums, and you haven't told me for two laps to protect them? It's like, yeah, and, these, and these mediums yeah, are I remember shredded. that. Because, <laughs> like, oh. yeah, that's the thing. Like, he came over the radio and was like, you, if you had told me two laps ago, yeah. I could have saved the tyres for two laps. Yeah. I've been pushing hard now. Yeah, trying to catch so, people. As in, look, it's one thing when your car is a bit of a dog, right? Mm. But... At the very least, as a, as a team, you've got to perform. And Ferrari last year did neither. Their car was shocking. They almost finished behind Haas on occasion. I mean, yeah, as in for those who don't know, well, as in like is... the majority of last season, Sebastian Vettel was having a dogfight with Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. Like 
almost every race there'd be a shot of Sebastian Vettel either being overtaken by or overtaking Kimi Raikkonen. Um, which is, is not good enough for Ferrari. Um, you know, so for me, I feel like Ferrari need to see this as a kind of, you know, settle, you know, just just be consistent this season. If the car isn't great, so be it. We just need to get ourselves sorted, ready for the regulation changes next year. That's yeah. what I think. To, to be honest, it's all about that engine. If they can find a different way of using that engine, great. It it would be a surprise if they did, but at the same time, they haven't got a. So in Formula One, they've introduced a sort of token system where you can only improve mm. a certain number of parts of your car, and <clears throat> to improve them, you got to spend one of these tokens. Rather than just saying to mm-hmm. everybody, "Go haywire and upgrade whatever you want," it's almost a way to slow people down from just being to buy their way to the top with all of these upgrades or whatever. They said, "Okay, we've got a token system." And I don't think it costs any tokens to change your engine, but it does cost tokens to change other aspects of the car. So mm-hmm. who knows? Perhaps they go, well, we can't change anything else. Why not just go for mm. it, you know, and try and do some of this engine? <clears throat> because, I mean, to be fair, if they're competing with Mercedes the year before and the aerodynamic and chassis elements <clears throat> of the car probably haven't changed that much, they probably still have the same a model of a car which works. They just need an engine which works. So if they could get mm. that engine sorted, I mean, it's a, it, I'm not saying it's a small step, but you sort the engine, you instantly are going to be towards the top because you've already got a good car. It's that the mm. only reason they were down there was because of that engine. So who, who, who knows what happens with them? But hopefully they can. Who knows? They've it. also got slight change-up of the old uh, driver lineup as well. Carlos Sainz coming in. Yeah, um, I, I'll be honest, as much as it can't go any worse than what happened with Vettel last year, I don't... Sainz doesn't look like a Ferrari driver. He just doesn't look... He, does, he doesn't have that panache. He just looks too working class, in a sense, like of a driver. There's, no, there's no flair about Oof. him, in a sense. He just does the job. It's like that dynamic he had with Lando Norris, where it was all fun and games... That pretty much all came from Lando Norris. He's the. But do you not think? Scenario. Do you not think that's what Ferrari could do with a bit of? Is just like just do your job. Mm, yeah, but but at the same time, you, when you're driving you not Ferrari, think... you've got to have that extra dynamism that you go. Oh, but, that's a Ferrari driver. But then, is is there not? Uh, I mean, look, Ferrari have gone for that in the past, and it hasn't worked out particularly well, has it? And. Ferrari's option, really, apart from Carlos Sainz, probably was Daniel Ricciardo. And I think yeah. if you get... Yeah. Well, as in, if you think about it realistically, as in, who else would they have got off the grid? Giovinazzi? Oh, I'm a... sorry. You can't You can't say, I don't want Carlos Sainz, and then say you'll have Giovinazzi <laughs> instead. Giovinazzi is an Ita- the only Italian driver on the grid, and they're oh, an Italian team. But also, a phenomenal. He's a phenomenal <clears throat> start. Driver, you know, he always was getting like four or five positions at the start of every race. It was incredible. And he always crash out. It was always his fault. But if I, they can I, sort that out, he could be a phenomenal driver. I, Jack. I can't believe that you're saying, "Oh, Carlos Sainz is just not a Ferrari driver." He's, but Giovinazzi, on the other I hand, I look in long term. If you're not going to win it, well, this yeah, year, but this is the why thing. Why are you going this for Sainz? Go for Giovinazzi. What you got to remember is that Ferrari have already got Charles Leclerc. Yeah. Listen, they they've got they've got their golden boy, so they you know they don't want to be. I don't think it makes much sense to get somebody who has 
as young as, if not younger than... Well, this is the thing as well. Like, you'd be surprised. Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc aren't actually that separate in age. Yeah, <clears throat> Carlos Sainz looks like a 40-year-old man. Well, and, but he's and, <laughs> and, he's be, and he's been in Formula 1 for ages. Yeah. So, you know, a bit of experience, a bit of solidity. I, I don't think it's a bad thing, to be honest. Hey, me and Charles Leclerc are separated in birth by 12 days. Maybe I should pass. How old is he? Sorry, not how old is he, but what, when's he born? 16th of October 1997. October 97. Is he? Represent. That's depressing, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I always feel that when I see the likes of Jaden Sancho playing football. I'm like, <clears> gosh, I've got three years on you. <laughs> It's like, uh, what happened, eh? What went wrong, eh? <laughs> what went wrong? I'm sure I saw something about on the news the other day about a lost generation of talent. I feel like I'm part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Ignored. <laughs> That's what it was. I could have made it if I was given the chance. <laughs> Overlooked. <laughs> there we are. Um, right, should we move on to the kind... I mean, you've put midfield... Yeah, I feel <laughs> I put like this, one car, one team. You've put one team in the midfield. Well, of course, this team. Alphatari. Yeah, this team doesn't deserve to be one of those making up the numbers teams mm-hmm. where they don't really contribute. But at the same mm. time, I don't think you could. I don't think it's within the realms of them to finish in the top six. I just don't think they can do it. I think it's a gulf. Not a massive I mean, one, but it's a gulf that's big enough that they're not going to Gasly win. has as many wins in Formula 1 as Sergio Perez does. He does, but that was a freak result. In terms How of, dare you? Take that back! There was a red flag, and he was just <laughs> happened to be at the front of that. Or True. second, or something like that. Yeah, second, when the red flag came. So it was like, great, gets a fresh set of tyres, um, and gets to go from the second place. It's like, he didn't earn second place in that situation. He was a very fortunate benefactor of it. Um, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, um, after seeing that and how many red flags we had last year, it wouldn't surprise me if teams like Harsh just go, hey, run these cars into the ground and hope we get a red flag and then we'll be at the front. <laughs> it's like that's all I can imagine them doing to have a chance of getting points next year. But, um, um, but yeah, I think Alpha Tari's driver lineup is actually really um, exciting. Yeah. I mean, I really like Pierre Gasly, yeah. and I think Sonoda is like he was looking very fast in testing. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, he's quite short, and he does make the fun of himself quite often. But um, <laughs> so I'm amazed he can see on occasion out of the, over the top. It's like oh, but, just um, go with ignorance is bliss. Is there a yeah. car there? No idea. Let's just go with <laughs> it. Anyway. I know there's a turn coming. <laughs> let's let's just turn. Um, but yeah, I I don't know too much about Sonoda. I imagine he was pretty good in F2, otherwise he probably... He was, yeah, yeah, very good in F2. But, I mean, I genuinely think when Bottas leaves McLaren that Pierre Gasly might be on their mind. I think he's that good. Um, I think if it weren't for George Russell yeah. being managed by Toto Wolff, but, I would agree with you. But the thing is, I'm not sure if Toto is that convinced. He's very good, mm. George Russell, but I don't know... I. I think anybody could be good in that McLaren, and I'd love, I'd love to see them take a massive swing, and just show Red Bull what they missed out on. Because Pierre, as much as he wants that num- that seat in the Red Bull, excuse me, I don't think there's a huge amount of love between them. I mean, Alpine's well, another option for him, but I do think Pierre Gasly is going to be the steal for whatever team goes for him. Yeah, I mean, outside team bikes next year. I mean, looking at all the other teams. McLaren maybe with not McLaren Mercedes with Bottas and Red Bull looking mm-hmm. at Perez I don't think McLaren would swap either of their drivers for him and I don't think Aston no. Martin would but 
Alpine probably would. Ferrari probably well, would for Carlos French, Sainz. French team, French exactly. driver. Is it, that not the dream? That's the marriage made in heaven for a sort of storyline. Well, you point forget. Of view. You forget when uh, when Mercedes were formed. The premise was German team, German driver, which is why they ended up with uh, Mr. Schumacher and Mr. Rosberg. But interestingly, he Toto did say that he was looking at um, Nico Hulkenberg and opted against it for Hamilton when he was in the <clears> I mean. That was smart. That was smart. Um, but you know what I mean? So, I mean? so there's a chance they don't go for the... They've tried... I mean, Alpine have tried the French model of Esteban Ocon and it's not worked. So who knows? Mm. What, who knows? But yeah. Yeah. I, I'd love to I mean, see... The, the thing Pierre that's worth bearing in mind chance. as well is like we say about George Russell. By the time that George Russell is potentially ready for Mercedes, have who knows if Toto Wolff is still even there? Yeah, to be honest, he did this off season sign a three year extension. So you'd assume, but, he but should didn't be. it? But, but didn't I'm sure they read. He said something about you know he was, it could be in a different role. Mm. No, no, so I'm pretty sure this one was to be the team manager. Oh, well, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he, he they enough. they do refer to it in the, uh, drive to survive about his contract, and he was saying he, he okay. wants to be hands on. At least for the short term, and he he did mention mm. going into a more overlooking role at some point. But I'm pretty sure those three years were to be the team's principal. So you uh, should enough. be there for the more immediate future. Let's hope so. But Let's yeah, so. I'd just like to see Pierre Gasly in a different car because I think he genuinely could contend. Like I mean, you see his overtake mm. of I think it was Sergio Perez at Barouge in Spa. Mm. I mean, it was just like when when they talk about going for the gap. You always see the quote. I can never remember who says it. Um, Ian Senna. Yeah, it's like oh, you always got to go for the gap or whatever. But it's like Pierre Gasly just. If you don't go for a gap, you're no longer a racing driver. Exactly. And Maldonado, if there isn't a gap, go for it anyway. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Pierre Gasly. Oh, is crash like, door. He's... I've missed you all, crash door. <laughs> but Pierre, he didn't. He like that was not too new, but there was a gap. And it was, mm. he just went, I'm going for it. I don't yeah, care, I'm blind. just going to go for it. And it was a sensational overtake at Barouge. But yeah, it was immense. Yeah, I would like. I just think he deserves to be in a better car. I'm not saying the AlphaTauri is that bad, because I think it's a good developmental team. No, but it's an, it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's a feeder team for Red Bull, isn't it? Described as a sister team, but yeah, 100% a feeder. I mean, It's a feeder team. They can call it a sister team all they want. It's yeah. a feeder team. It's the only team where the drivers don't want to drive for it, in a sense. They're always looking on. You say all the other place, all the other drivers and other teams are like, oh, I'm glad I've got a seat. But anybody who's yeah, driving for Atari is only yeah. looking at the Red Bull seat. For Red Bull. I want that seat. Um, so, yeah. yeah, who knows what happens. Because well, I'll be honest, see. I do think it's more likely that Pierre drives for a team that isn't Red Bull next. I mm. I just think this it's never going to happen. Christian Horner's too stubborn. I think at some point PL get fed up. And I think there's too many other teams which potentially could go for him, um, mm. for him to deny. Yeah. Mm. Going on from them, though, should we go on to the teams that are sort of just making up the numbers? Yeah. I mean, the most exciting of the three... I'd probably say is Williams. I mean, is it? I'd say so. Not not in terms of what I expect them to get the points wise, but the only team that I don't think's given up. Maybe Alfa Romeo as well. Don't forget that Haas have got Mick Schumacher this year. Yeah, but they Mixed. they said they're using the same car as last year. They're saving True. their um, tokens, which is for upgrades for next year. 
so that in the new yeah, it's not promising. Is it? four, and it's two rookies. It's like when has that ever worked? I, I haven't heard of it in history. I mean, I, I don't know yeah. too much about it. But who goes? Who goes mm. and says? Yeah. I no, mean, I feel like strong. next year could be make or break for Haas. I'll be honest. I feel like if they have another bad year next year. It's kind of like what? What are you doing, you? Well, at the same time, though, Lawrence Stroll is like a lifeline for any team that he goes to, and if Nikita Mazepin's father is kind of the same thing, who knows? He could be the massive benefactor they need, just to you know, so that Gene Haas doesn't have to keep pouring money in. But, mm. but anyway, sticking on Williams, they got George Russell and Latifi. Latifi's another person paying for his seat, um, but George Williams. He's Mr. Saturday. George Williams? George Williams. Mix that up. I saw Williams <laughs> and just went, George Williams. Um, George Russell. William George. Yeah. George Russell is probably one of the top drivers on the grid. But yeah. he just I feel like George, there. of that kind of bunch of drivers, like, you know, and it's funny because, like, <clears throat> yeah, sorry. Out of that bunch of drivers, you know, you've got Leclerc, um, I was about to say Albon. That's a bit awkward. Um, Gasly, uh, George Russell, and who am I missing? Lando Norris. Mm. I think the two best ones out of them are Leclerc and George Russell. Yeah, 100%. I I think if Leclerc is ever in a top three car, he's always going to be pretty much on the same level as Hamilton. I think in that year where it was Ferrari and Mercedes going at it two years ago, I don't think Bottas or Vettel were even in the the equation. It was always Leclerc and Hamilton. Hmm. But yeah, carry on with Williams. Um, it's not. Is there anything else to say, really? No. <laughs> they they are they. What what I mean by not giving up is that I don't think at any point people thought Williams had given up. They'd always be trying desperately to try and find a way to catch up to everybody else but when I look at Haas and I see how they just you know always talk about tanking in the NFL but these guys are tanking in F1 just to make sure that they can keep some tokens for next year yeah so it's very yeah it'll be interesting to see how that goes because I wouldn't mind betting that if it could pay off if Haas were say I'm sorry it could pay off if if, well if the Ferrari engine works and they go loads you know loads of tokens on uh, performance upgrades that everybody else can't afford to do because they haven't got tokens anymore. Mm. They could be one of the top cars, but yeah, carry on. I, I, I would be if if Haas were to have a good season next year, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a regulation change, because I don't think Formula One would want teams hoarding tokens yeah. to have like a bolt of the blue year, like like randomly win a championship and then be like, right, we need to build up another five years tokens now. Because they want a little bit of consistency to kind of keep competitions and rivalries going. To be honest, though, I think any team that does that, I don't think it'll work like the NFL where, you know, it's going to be like a one-season thing. I think if if they just spend it all at once to do those upgrades, I think they probably would Mm. be able to stick around for a while. So, Well, yeah, I I guess, because they have the basis then, don't they? They have the kind of starting point to work Your stuff doesn't go out of date very quickly in the F1. You have to constantly upgrade, but once you're at the top, you can't yeah. When it, once there's a regulation change, it's fairly yeah. similar, isn't it? You got ten years at least being decent, um, and then Alfa Romeo. There's nothing really to say about them, but they have Kimi Raikkonen. That's, the, I mean, that's it. That's the big that's, differentiator that, that's the between fact. them, 
Haas and Williams is that they've got Kimi Raikkonen. And he's he, not the Iceman. He showed how good he was last year. He just he was just insane from the back. I mean, I was looking at looking at his results. He beat Latifi, Magnussen, Crojean, Russell and Giovinazzi in one Well, he beat all of them in the second well, no. Go through the races, he pretty much beat them all in every single race. He was just always mm. just ploughing his way through the field, making sure he was at the front of the, that bunch. Because there is only so much he can do, but cool, calm, collected, only retired once, and that was the first race of the season. That's just the model mm. of efficiency. And he's the only one who... Oh, no, he's, he got two, three, four... He got four points last year, which is the most out of everybody out of those three teams. Mm. Um, so, yeah. They they they've got the Iceman and that's gonna that's the one difference between Alfa Romeo and everybody else. Fair enough. It would have been cool if he'd been paired with Schumacher though instead of Giovinazzi. I just think it could yeah. have been a, you know, Schumacher and Raikkonen driving for Alpha. He could have been his sort of mentor in a way, but yeah. Mm. Um, right. So I guess that's some that's the summary of all of the teams, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And I guess uh, there are multiple reasons to be watching F1 this season then. Absolutely. No changes to money, right? Yeah, it's not about the money anymore. You can't just it's not about the money. <laughs> buy your way to the top like Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes do. Mm. Um, they've put a, a cap. So it's £114.2 million pounds a year. Gosh, how can they survive on that? <laughs> and that doesn't include no. driver salaries or senior executives at the teams. So it's only doesn't f- include driver salaries. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it doesn't include driver salaries. Um, so mm. it's all for the team and the car, um, which would be interesting to see if teams. You know, like you get these guys who retire a lot. That's going to cost him a lot mm. of money to keep building a new car. So I'm surprised if someone go. Who doesn't crash? Kimi Raikkonen doesn't crash. And they go, well, he's, he's worth spending more money on just because he means that we haven't got to spend yeah. as much money. Um, which would be interesting. Um, but also, there's, what I didn't realise is there's a sort of sliding scale as to how much time you're allowed to spend in the aero tunnels. Yeah, there is, yeah. So if you're the best team, you get the least time. And if you're the worst yeah. team, you get the most time. Williams. Yeah. Um, so... If, <laughs> I love that little kind of... Yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if that does make any difference because I think what F1 is trying to do is bring everyone, all the teams, closer together. A bit closer together. together. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? It, hopefully they will. But uh, maybe Ferrari are playing the long game. Maybe purposely they are tanking so they get all this time in the aero tunnels uh, before the new regulations and then they're like, right, here we go. We've got it all sorted. But I doubt it. Yeah. But, Time will tell. Well, that that's the podcast, I think, isn't it? That is our preview and review of Formula One. That is our post preseason preseason <laughs> podcast. And and the um, first race of the season, probably should talk about that a little bit, is Bahrain this weekend, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I think not the final, not the penultimate, but the one before that. Uh, race of last season was also Bahrain and in mm-hmm. that one Hamilton won he did and Max Verstappen came second Alex Albon mm-hmm. came third so perhaps a good race for the Red Bulls um, but Who also knows? 
it was Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz who came in fourth and fifth. So this, if if that car is better with the McLaren, uh, with the Mercedes Danny engine, Danny Rick and Danny, Danny Rick, Rick instead of Carlos Sainz, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could be seeing two McLarens on the podium. That would who, be an interesting world. Who are you predicting for a win? Oh, let's do this every week for the season. We could yeah. almost get a point this, scoring this basis one, going. I feel like this, yes, that's a good idea. This is like a shot in the dark now because all we have the, to base off is uh, preseason, mm. which doesn't tell us basically tells us basically nothing. Right. So Let, who's no, going to win the first let's race? Do this, let's do this. this. We'll say who's who do you think is going to get pole position? Who's going to win the race? And who's going to get the most positions gained throughout the race? Wow. Okay. Right. So who is going to Qualify first. To qualify first, I think is going to be Verstappen. Who's going to win the race? Verstappen. Who's going to get the most overtakes? Come back to me on that one. You do yours just for a moment whilst they think about that. I'm thing. going to say qualifying first is going to be Valtteri Bottas. I'm going to say win the race, Danny Rick. And most overtakes is going to be. You've got to be bad at qualifying to be good at overtaking, and that is where it's going to be tricky. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Yuki Sonoda. <sighs> really? You think he's going to be the standout guy in race one in terms of. We'll see. Why not? I think the person who's going to get the most overtakes. Now, bearing in mind, last year, the first race of the season, I think it was the first race of the season, Latifi ended up finishing either 10th or 11th purely on the basis of so many retirements. retirements. So maybe it's worth picking somebody who's guaranteed going to have a car that isn't going to retire. I feel like you're overthinking this, Jack. Uh, very much so. I, I'm a I'm a massive overthinker. Um, who's who's going to have the most overtakes? Look, who's in the Aston Martin lineup? Vettelman Stroll. No, it's not going to be out for them. I'm going to go most overtakes, Lando Norris. One last lap. Okay. Bonanza. Fair enough. There we are. Those are our predictions. Why not come back next week to find out if we were correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be talking about the race next week as well, I think. Because um, the F1 season is in full swing. It is. Um, thank you for joining us again on the Down to the Wire podcast. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, why not give us a, a like and a subscribe? If you're listening on Spotify, why not give us a follow? Um we're also on Anchor, Pocket Casts, uh, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Aced it. Done. Aced it. There we are. It's almost like I've done this 19 times in a row. This is the um, 20th. It, it, it is. You're right. The 20th time in a row. Happy 20. Happy 20. There we are. Pleasure as always, Jack. And uh, we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.